good morning, guys. Welcome to the next episode of the After Hours Lounge. Uh, my guest today, um, he is a, a master in the UK of, of print media, uh, web development, SEO, uh, all these kind of skills all around the kind of extreme sports space. Um, he's kind of one of the, the forefathers of really pushing stand-up paddleboarding in the UK um, and obviously um, a very good windsurfer himself. Now, uh, he, founded, he founded two, um, two, two magazines in the UK, Sup Mag UK and Windsurf Mag UK, um, all about kind of pushing the everyman windsurfer in the UK and trying to raise raise that sport in our in our country, um, so yeah, I mean you guys can check them out afterwards. But um, I'm I'm not sure how to say your surname, Tez, um, but it is Tez Plavinix. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a tricky one. <laughs> tricky one. Um, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. You know, enjoying the sunshine. Enjoying the sunshine. Uh, not so much enjoying enjoying the lockdown thing because we can't get out and about. But you know, at least it's sunny and it's not raining. So exactly, not that bad. Exactly. I was in. I mean, I'm up in Scotland at the moment, as I said, and it, it did rain all day yesterday. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we are fortunate down in the south have some quite nice weather, and I think that helps, particularly if you've got kids like I have as well, young yeah. kids. They can go out in the garden. They can run around. You can tie them out. chaos out there. It's not as bad as having them inside. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so tell, tell, tell us, tell the listeners, tell myself, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you? So we we met in. You used to come out to to Vass, where I used to work as an instructor. That was where me we met. Yeah. Um, you know, you used to bring the family, and you you do a lot of like the magazine testing, with a lot of gear and stuff. So tell tell us how you how you kind of got into that and and your story, basically. Connections, basically, um, a bit like the rest of us that work in this industry. I mean, I did a lot of seasons with Nielsen. I know you've I did a very few familiar yeah. with them. Yeah. Um, I didn't work for Club Vass. I actually did work in Vassaliki, but I didn't work for Club Vass. Okay. You know, and it, as you know, it's it, it's a small industry. Everybody knows everyone else, particularly if you get heavily involved in it. Yeah. Particularly if you work for a long time doing the kind of thing that I did, the kind of thing that you did. You know, you just get to know people within windsurfing and, yeah. and obviously windsurfing intrinsically connected to stand-up paddleboarding. Uh, a lot of the brands make the same, that, that gear, so they're, they're sort of in the same space. And you just you just make those connections, do the networking thing. And if you've got anything about you, you, you mentioned Adam Sims, who you spoke to yesterday, I mean, He's another one who's made opportunity, and that's what you kind of have to do if you want to yeah. get anywhere within water sports, as you well know. You do the same thing also. Uh, yeah, you know, sort of did those did the season thing for a long time, eight eight odd years, I think it was. Yeah. Summer, winter, winter sun as well as winter snow. Um, got back home, went into the usual kind of crappy salesy job type thing that yeah. a lot of people end up going in simply because I don't think a lot of employers they don't realize what being a seasonaire gives you as a skill oh, set definitely you know there's a lot of things you know you can talk to people you can communicate a difficult sort of topic you problem solve risk you know there's a whole bunch of different things that yeah, we yeah, all definitely. go through yeah, and that those kind of skills come together, but pe- people don't get it. People look at your CV when you come back home from doing seasons and just go surf bomb. And yeah, they're not exactly. interested. You know? When you get a real job, 
Yeah, exactly. And you yeah, sort yeah. of end up going, right, what can I do? Uh, you know, and with, with with me and, like I say, a lot of others I know sort of ended up going into the sales thing, but I wasn't ever going to stick with that. That was never no. a long-term goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I started trying to make opportunities again. Um, and I always loved magazines, read all of them. You know, sur- I, I'm a surfer by trade. I've surfed since I was five. Right. You know, I came, I came into windsurfing from surfing, if you like. Okay. Which is ironic, being a Brummie, where there aren't any particular waves of note. I was going uh, to say, yeah, I was going to say, where did you surf when you were five years old then? But, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that was my parents, you know, I mean, they used to drive down to Cornwall. We used to go on holiday. Yeah. Um, we used to have a place out in Spain. So we used to spend, you know, school holidays out there, nice. extended school holidays. Out I remember spending 10 weeks in Spain one summer holiday. Oh. Um, you know, yeah, it was lovely. Uh, and I did, all I did was pretty much, you know, was in the water with my bro pretty much every day, all day for that whole 10 week period. Yeah, Between yeah. that and chasing girls around and stuff, you know, it, it, it was your time nice, break fix, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a nice upbringing. But yeah, you know, I mean, I always knew I wanted to do something around the water sports thing. So yeah, when I got back from doing seasons, it was like, yeah, need to, need to push on with this, get in. So Find what did need. I do? I just, I just hammered people with emails yeah. and. At putting my hand up, excuse me, can I do this? I, I, I can do that. I, I definitely can do that. And eventually, somebody opens the door, gives you an opportunity, and opens the door, and, and that's kind of what happened. Yeah, nice. you know. And with that one, it was it was uh, it was John Hibbard initially, right? Um, sort of around the the whole uh, stand up paddleboard thing. Yeah. Um, even though I'd sort of been doing a little bit of ad hoc work because I knew Sarah Cotton who was a, a sort of features editor of Windsurf magazine. Right. But it was actually the standard paddleboard thing, which was the opportunity at the start. Um, and then from there, progressed on to sort of editing Windsurf magazine when Sarah left uh, and then ended up being sub-editor on the relaunched version of Sub International, which Don Moore still edits now. And I moved on from them to, as you said at the start, found with my colleagues, Anne and Pete, yeah. Um, so UK magazine, which is still going strong, and in the last couple of years, Windsor UK magazine, and that was basically filling a void that Boards magazine left, yeah, when that went. And that wasn't it, didn't go because of the guys involved in it, like Adrian and Amy and, and, and Bill Dawes previously. It was actually the media company that bought that didn't really get or understand windsurfing oh, okay. tried to tie it in with the sort of youth sport thing so skating right. and bmx and all that kind of thing and it didn't kind of fit their roster if you like yeah um but i was you know, long story short yeah I, it was like i said it was just fat. i don't want to diss anybody you no, know no, yeah, yeah yeah of course you, you you can't you can't really knock anybody's efforts but it just didn't fit yeah, the yeah. portfolio that factory media already had and yeah. they didn't really get it. You and I both know being windsurfers. It, it's a strange sport. It's a funny old thing. It, it, on one level, windsurfing's right up there, you know, with the Travis Pastrana FMX stuff. If you, yeah. Again, looking at talking about Simsy, like if you look at what him and his mates do on the EFPT, you know, all those freestyle. Well, you as well, you know, the the, the freestyle stuff. Yeah. They pick, 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 pick a trick, a, vault, a, a, a Spock, you know, okay, for, for any profe- 
proficient freestyler, a spock is a pretty easy trick. Mm. But if you look at it from a beachgoer, if, if you're really interested and you watch this spinny, slidey, flicky thing, you kind of go, whoa, that's windsurfing. Yeah, yeah. Then actually, if you look at it from an everyman point of view, windsurfing just going backwards and forwards yeah it's while it is fairly impressive yeah yeah it, it, it's fairly impressive it 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 kind of still doesn't hold the attention that maybe somebody doing a spot could do or even a forward loop or something like yeah, that i think that's the main so one a, yeah yeah there's, a, there's these kind of there's these levels of windsurfing that it makes it really extreme <laughs> at one level but then really quite chilled vanilla i suppose yeah, yeah, yeah. at the other end yeah, again, I'm not. I don't want to diss anything because we all know I do a lot of windfoiling, as you know, and that's ultimately vanilla. You know, I mean, from an onlooker, that's literally mowing the lawn backwards yeah, and forwards. Yeah, mowing know? the lawn. Yeah, yeah. But from a from a feeling point of view, for, you know, if you're doing it, it it's super addictive. You yeah, know? yeah. Windsurfing, all, all of it, paddleboarding as well. You know, paddleboarding on flat water with no waves, no wind, nothing else in the mix. That again is also from an onlooker's point of view, pretty dull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, but actually, if you're doing it, it's, it's a different lovely. story. Like yeah, the yeah. feeling, it's, it's particularly on a day like that. You know, like sunshine, flat water, warm. I mean, you know, glassy mornings in bass, paddling out, doing a bit of yoga, maybe yeah, spotting a dolphin people, or two. People absolutely love it. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing, and that's what I've always. It, it's trying to the, the sort of stuff I do around the magazine, trying to convey that. Yeah. How do you get that feeling across? You yeah. know, I'm super passionate about it, as I'm, t- as I'm sure you can tell, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure you know. But trying to convey those feelings in in words and and to a degree, image and to a even lesser degree, video. Yeah. How do you convey the feeling of flat water paddleboarding? It, it, it's a hard one, you know. Yeah. But it's there. The feeling is there, and it. it if you get that feeling and have had that feeling, it's it's right up there. You know? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's you awesome. know, I think the figures speak for themselves, don't they? Not many people ever go paddleboarding and then they go, "Well, I'm not doing that again," do they? You know, everyone always wants to go back for more. They buy their own boards, exactly. And everyone, everybody, absolutely loves it. And I think, I think it it does a lot for a lot of people, especially paddleboarding, like because everybody can do it. You can put your kid on yeah. the front. You can. You can have loads of injuries and you can, you know, you can't go windsurfing, but you can get on a paddleboard and paddle around. And I think that's exactly. why, that's why a lot of people, like paddleboarding has inclusivity built into it already. Um, and I think that's mm. why a lot of people have taken to it so well. And I think, you know, for, for, for yourself in the water sports industry and for everyone in the windsurf industry, I think it's helped a lot, hasn't it? I mean, there's no question. That yeah, that. for sure. I mean, not least the fact as well that on some of these boards, again, I'm sure you've well. No, you will have used it as a as a teaching aid. You know, in windsurf mode, that you know, it, it's obviously windsurf. What is windsurf? It's it's a bit of a strange t- label as well, really, because ultimately it's just, I suppose, to want to, to want of a better term, it, it's windsurfing as it was back in the sort of early days. You know, it's literally yeah, it's just floating around with a rig. But actually, from a windsurfer's point of view it teaches people a lot and it, and it's an easy way to get people on the water with a wind machine, if you want to call the sail that, you know, and, and obviously wings as well. I mean, this is kind of what they're trying to do with wings to a degree at the moment, but obviously a lot of people are starting to realize that actually wings are only really super efficient when you add a foil, 
that kind of complement complicates things to a degree. But yeah. you know, if you can still get out with a wing and a paddleboard and just drift around, you know, again, somebody said to me actually, the, I won't say who, but is the has the industry introduced wings? Is it just a ploy to get stand-up paddleboarders who've had no previous interest in wind sports? into windsurfing in some yeah, way, yeah. shape or form. I don't know, may, may, maybe, may, may, maybe it is or maybe it isn't, I don't know. But it was quite, a, I thought it was quite an interesting comment, you know. But yeah, like paddleboards, super versatile, you know, and inflatables, I mean, continue to go through the roof really in terms of sales. Whether the person buying an inflatable considers it to be a sport, you know, they might only take it out once, twice, three times a year on fair weather days. But, you know, I mean, you can't deny that it that, that you buy an inflatable, even the 200 quid jobber, you know, what we would call a cheap inflatable. They're buying them and they're just getting them on the water. And for, and for every 10 people that get on the water and only do it once or twice, maybe there's that odd one that then takes it a bit further, progresses with it. Maybe they stick with SUP per se and they – progress into other areas maybe surf maybe race maybe white water whatever or maybe they see the windsurf thing and then they get into windsurfing off the back of it you know it, it's a good thing it's a positive thing and like you say it has only benefited i think water sports in general really yeah, i think i think like <clears throat> i mean you'll you'll attest to this as well like in terms of mental health and things like that being on the water has only made me a happier person like yeah, it, it's sure. definitely my my happy place and it doesn't have to be out in Greece and perfect wind, you know. But it's nice if you can be. <laughs> of, course, of course, you know. And I, I think the more the more people that realise that, you know, and you see all this stuff that surfing is a form of therapy and all, and it's being used for yeah. you know veterans in America and all this stuff. And I think I think there's a lot to be said for it. And I think paddleboarding is providing a lot of people with that. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, I know we're going to get onto this in a minute, but yeah. When we got back from um, hospital last year, yeah. having had my daughter be in King's College Hospital for a prolonged period of time off the back of acute liver failure, you know, I got down back down to the South Coast. I managed to get down to the South Coast on two occasions to see my son, you know, young lad. He's only two. Um, and yeah. we didn't see him for the whole time we were up in hospital. Mm-hmm. Um apart from those two occasions, and that was just me rather than my wife, Fee. Yeah. Um, but I got when we actually got them properly back after we were all discharged, you know, the first thing I actually went out and did was paddleboard. Yeah. Because it was the easiest, most accessible thing that I could think of that would put my head back on straight, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Because in no... We, we, without putting too fine a point on it, my daughter nearly died. And, you know, I was, I saw a couple of other things as well. Like yeah. another lad, little lad, he passed in front of me while Molly was on, on a table with a tube in her mouth. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, there was a little girl as well. And I know that's intensive care. I'm, I'm quite a realistic person. And I know you, you're in an intensive care environment and things well, like that can happen. Yeah. But, but then when you, when you, when it's there in front of you, when you see it, yeah, you know, that's kind of how do you deal with that? And so I sort of compartmentalised that for a while yeah, because obviously the focus had to be on Molly. Um, 
But then, like I say, when I got back home, the first thing I did when when I could, it wasn't like literally straight away, like, you know, but it was a couple of days after. The weather was a little bit like this, actually. And they'd had a good run of swell over the winter. The wind was all right. You know, I wasn't really looking at that, though. I was just like, right, I just need to do something to get my mm-hmm. head back on straight. And it, was, and it was just go for a paddle. Just go for a flat water calm paddle nothing too exertive yeah, nothing yeah. full power it was just almost float around and i came back off the water and i was like you know what if ev- if if somebody took away everything apart from one thing and that one thing happened to be just floating about on a paddleboard on flat water i'd take it mm. do you know what i mean because that would be enough That's and actually even now with what's going on I said a similar thing to a mate of mine the other day. You know, it'd be lovely to go out for him. It'd be lovely to go out wave sailing. It'd be lovely to go and get surfing. But actually, if the only thing I could ever do ever again from this moment on is sup on flat water, fine. I'd, I'd, yeah. Do you know what? Fine. <clears throat> it, that's, that's crazy that that was the first thing you did as soon as, soon as you got back from that. I mean, I, I don't know much about it. And as you said, we'll, we'll get into it soon, but... You know, I was obviously following the journey that you were putting out on on social media, um, and it's crazy. I think was it twelve weeks or something? You were up there, and then not quite that long. No, it was sort of getting on for seven. But I mean, okay. it, felt long. it felt considerably longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, basically, Molly got. Here. I mean, she's a kid. You know, when, when you have kids, one of the things that you sort of have to prepare yourself for is, the, is this childhood illness thing. And I don't mean illness on the same level that, that, that Molly had. It's just like the common cold, you know, sickness yeah, yeah, bugs, yeah. That, that, that kind of thing. Um, obviously, there's all the of this, the other stuff like sleep deprivation because they don't sleep and issues around feeding and uh, whatever, you know. Um, but, yes, nobody really sort of told me that much <laughs> about kiddie illness. And yeah. – I was, it seemed to be sort of around the winter time, you'd sort of get these colds and sniffles. And, I could, and kids are dirtbags, you know, they're grimy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they the, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, they, they obviously haven't learned how to sort of look after themselves from a personal hygiene point of view. And, yeah. you know, so they inevitably end up passing it on to mom and dad and they pass it on in their own circles of friends, you know. And this, it, on a wider scale, this is why, to a degree, what's going on is going on yeah yeah i mean the fact that this the fact that people adults had to be re-educated about hand washing i mean seriously yeah i mean if you go to the toilet surely wash your hands that's that's something that we should always have been doing but apparently not yeah (laughs) but you know kids obviously they haven't been taught how to do this so that all goes on so you know molly's obviously been a a typical kid in that sense for the few years leading up to this she'd been on and off ill nothing serious and then she got this this um sickness bug sort of around december um you know you sort of you concerned to a degree if it's prolonged yeah and it had gone on a little bit but it wasn't it wasn't anything too Super, untoward yeah 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 and we sort of and we watched it and it sort of cleared up a little bit and she sort of got herself a back on track and then it sort of came back again and I was sort of like is something something not right here is something going on I don't know anyway we had Christmas Christmas passed 
and she started showing signs of lethargy. And that, now I know, is, is a big signal for, for, right. for anything liver-related. Um, and it, it, it just wasn't right. Uh, and, you know, we'd spoken to the GP and all that kind of thing. But the problem is, again, and I'm, I'm not knocking anybody here, but sort of, for want of a better term, specialist diseases, illnesses, mm. you know, GPs, by their very term, are general practitioners. Yeah. You know, and they're good and they're necessary and they're needed, but they are not, they won't be able to pick up on, on sort of like those minute nuances that, flag any more serious illness on the way yeah and 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 actually it's impossible as well because what do you do do you then refer and then start you know testing for everything when you don't know what you're looking for so you know they they sort of checked on molly and made sure she was in as good a place as she can be up until the point i spotted one morning very subtle yellowing of the eyes Right. And I was like, that is not right. And it was just the onset of jaundice. So with the lethargy and the onset of jaundice, you pretty much know that that's a liver-related thing. Yeah. Um, so we again we spoke to the GP and 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 they said, look, you know, we're not we're not entirely sure that that is the case because it might not be. That was the other thing. It might not have been anything at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but what they decided they would they would refer Molly to, to the local hospital um, and see what they thought, particularly it was coming up to a weekend as well. And we didn't, the reason they, they referred her on, on, the, on the Friday it was, was because they didn't, we didn't want us to be caught short over the weekend when there's not that many sort of doctors and nurses around. Yeah, yeah. So she went up on the Friday. And again, they, they, they weren't, you know, not, not because they, they didn't have the expertise, but it's because until symptoms really show, yeah, um, then nothing can be confirmed. And at that time, the symptoms were really subtle and minor. So there wasn't anything being displayed where anyone could make a decision categorically. Mm. But within a couple of days, that very much changed. And, and, and I say a couple of days, it was on Monday, I think think um did the monday the tuesday and they suddenly went right we need to make a call here because molly's getting progressively worse she'd visibly gone yellow yeah, yeah. um and they blue lit her up to king's college in london yeah i mean over the, that weekend in those couple of days i mean fee and, and and i were pretty much you know at our wits end yeah, I would say pulling my hair out, but I can't because I've got none. <laughs> but you know, um, we—I I mean, I, I, I didn't get any sleep across yeah, the weekend. Bet. I know feeding, yeah. feeding as well. And yeah, like we got up to King's College, and and there was a bit of a sigh of relief. Yeah, because yeah. there is nobody in the world better than the people whose care Molly is under, and there is no place better to be with that condition than than King's College. Right. Um, so there was a bit of a sigh of a relief because we thought, okay, maybe we can start getting some answers here. Um, long story short, they do a load of t- tests. Yeah. Molly had a load of needles stuck in her. That caused trauma on that level to her as well, bearing in mind she was only four. Yeah, it's mad. She was quite difficult to get blood out of. Yeah. And she was just she's just freaking out. And 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 there's still fallout from that now. Of course. Um, but very quickly she she went off a cliff. 
Um, and it got to a point where it was either have a transplant or that's it game over um and and the problem was she liver conditions are very systemic and very different depending on who you are because it's all linked you know and with molly her additional problem was her um uh what's it called (laughs) can't remember the word Basically, her urea levels were high and the toxin off the back of that was going into her brain and it was causing encephalopathy, which is from, I hate using the word psychosis, but it was basically causing her to act very aggressively and completely out of character. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible situation. And in the end, they determined her super urgent so they put her on the super urgent transplant list yeah they sedated her and then it was a case of waiting for a liver but of course because of these levels that would keep on rising there was very much a risk of additional brain damage right. and irreversible effects yeah. off that so we were like nah we, we we can't we can't hang around so basically fee had already been researching live liver um donor right options yeah. And she, my, my wife basically became the live donor, so gave part of her liver to Molly. So at one point, I had Fee on a table downstairs in the adult theatre, yeah. Molly on a table in the kiddie ward, yeah. and they were both cut open and part of Fee's liver was bolted onto Molly's own native liver. Yeah. And the idea behind that is... If, if the native liver is going to sort its life out, maybe it will. But in the meantime, the bolted-on bit takes the strain. Yeah. And if the native liver doesn't sort its life out, then the bit that's been bolted on effectively becomes Molly's liver, and that's how she survives, yeah, yeah. essentially. And that's pretty much that's that's how it's been. So, you know, she Molly is... She takes medication, quite a bit of medication, yeah. to control a bunch of different things, and it's an ongoing monitoring process. But the, the the biggest concern is that because of the drugs that Molly's on, she's completely immunosuppressed, right. so she's susceptible to all kinds of illness. So, with what's going on, yeah, you can imagine how that must weigh down on me and fear as her parents. I can imagine. It's it's a it's it it's not something you can easily describe. No. You know, you go through life as a parent, and there's all these concerns and worries. And with us, there's all of that, but there's then there's this additional layer up here okay. as well. It's yeah. when I describe it, it's it's like you, you don't wake up in the morning and go, <gasps> "What's going to happen?" Yeah, because yeah. like that, you'd be a basket case. Yeah, but what it is, you you walk around. And for me, just in the periphery, yeah, it's ever so tiny black cloud. And every now and again, the black cloud just gets a little bit closer and then it might dissipate again, slide off into the background. But you're still looking or for Or sometimes it might come a little bit more into the fore yeah, yeah. and that's when Molly might have to go to hospital because she does, you know, she, she, she basically, it's, it's, it's the virology of it all. 
if she spikes the temperature and it's a very small threshold, yeah, it's a, it's a trip to hospital where she has to have IV medication to control right. what's going on. Yeah. But of course, if you yeah. go to hospital in times like these, that's where all the really ill people are. Yeah. So as yeah. much as 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 you know, they're great. They're absolutely fantastic. I can't I can't stress enough how vital medical staff, NHS staff are. Yeah, and they are phenomenal yeah. people um, and they are most definitely needed and have helped us so much. Mm. Um, at the same time, with all this coronavirus stuff, it's not a place that we want to go and take Molly. No. Even if she hasn't got that, we don't want to go because no. being there, there's every chance that she might pick that up. Mm. And a couple of days ago, <laughs> we had to go <laughs> no, no. because she ended up cutting her leg. Right. and needing stitches and that we were like oh my god it was oh you know i can't describe the amount of stress that you go through with that kind of thing and like i said because of all that as you can well imagine sometimes <laughs> my headspace is not exactly yeah well, I mean, you just you you just said it the way you just said it there. I think was was really really powerful. Like the way you said you're you're not you're not waking up every morning going shit. What we're gonna do? But it is no. it's just that constant little bit of like dread, and you've always got to have that kind of heightened awareness of always, as you said in your peripherals, just like right, what's hang on? Is that you know? I mean, you know, in this, I don't know. You guys pretty much can't leave the house, but you know, like, is this person coming too close? Should should yeah. we be going and playing over there, doing that? In you know, is she going to fall over in that dirt? And you know, should, yeah. Yeah. should even even like I don't know, I don't know. Maybe you can answer this for me. Like even things like if you're at the park and she needs to go and use a public toilet, you know, like can she do that? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, so I mean, it it must be really really straining for for you. And and how's how's Fee after the operation? Was she affected at all, or is she like life as normal? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, so phys- physically, yeah, um, she obviously was opened up, but both her kids <laughs> were uh, born cesarean, right. so she obviously has the incision scar, you know. Yeah. But also because of having donated to Molly, she has another scar, but it's vertical down her abdomen. So effectively, she's got a T shape. So yeah. it's an up to, it's an it's an upside down Tez shape. T, T for Tez. So yeah. she's definitely my property. I'm joking. I'm, she's nobody's <laughs> property. But you know what I mean? But yeah, she's, she's, she's got these two scars, basically, yeah. on, on her now. Um, liver's a clever thing. Uh, it, it can regenerate and, yeah. and grow again. It's the only organ that can do that. Yeah. Um, and the liver, the part of Fee's liver that was actually removed, so we understand as of the last checkup, has pretty much... regenerated okay um so yeah from from that point of view fee is back to how she was she was before you know Mm -hmm. obviously having her abdomen cut open will affect things like how your um you know your torso knits back together and how your muscles form again and all this kind of thing you know, she pretty much had to be careful both after cesarean and, um, you know, having herself cut open because she's a windsurfer as well. She's also a stand-up paddleboarder and yeah. surfs and stuff. You know, that, 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 that's, that's how we met. Um, 
but she had to be very careful because obviously all these sports are core strength related yeah. and, and sort of, you know, crunching your abdomen together and trying to use those core muscles oh, yeah, yeah. Is, is pretty, you know, you can cause all sorts of issues yeah. if you get back into it too quick. Um, so she, you know, she's been back on the water, uh, but it hasn't been anywhere near as much as what she would have liked. Yeah. But then there's other factors as well that sort of have, have you know, played a part there. Um, work being one, uh, feeder's quite a high level job. Right. Um, um, yeah. In terms of headspace, probably same as me, you know, yeah. she will have been affected. I'm, I had, I, I spoke to a couple of people, um, uh, you know, and I'm pretty sure that there's a bit of PT, probably a bit more than a bit. I've always been a highly strong person. Right. Um, I was talking to my mum yesterday, you know, and she was saying that sometimes when I was a teenager, I'd be like a yo-yo. Yeah. Now, I mean, that, if you want to put a term to that, that up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down thing. Yeah. I mean, you could almost say, I'm not saying I am, but you could almost describe that as bipolar. Yeah. I'm not saying I am, like I say, because I've never been diagnosed. You know, diagnosed. Maybe. I don't know. I'm definitely a bit OCD about things. Right. Um Yeah, and that that stuff, if you want to call it that, was exacerbated last year at certain points. One thing I do think I, I know myself quite well and I know when things are not right. Yeah. Um, that doesn't stop me reacting a certain way. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that it's 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 re, it's it, you know it's super serious or anything like that. But I know when I'm feeling not right. Yeah. You know? Um. And 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 some of the things that I I use to counter that, you know, getting on the water. Yeah, I was going um, to say. Yeah. Like, what's your what's your yeah? I mean, with it. It it definitely it. I don't buy into this, you know, you hear this Zen type stuff, get on the water and all your problems fade away. Pfft, rubbish. Yeah, That's yeah. not the case. No, no, um, no. Get on the water and does it help you relax? Is that the word? I don't know. Maybe. It, it definitely helps. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't say exactly how. Um, I'm a drummer as well, as I think you well know. Yeah, yeah. That, that helps. That helps massively. Music's always been a thing with me, and that that really helps. And I also, as well, and for, I, I hadn't done it for a while, but in the last couple of days, I've started picking up a pencil again and, and sort of drawing, and I'm probably going to do some painting again. I mean, to be honest, because I can't get on the water, there's not a lot yeah. else to do. You need something, don't you? Yeah, so, you know, there's a, it basically, I, I think with me, it's creative stuff, you know, it's being creative and, 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 and that kind of leads into the day job as well and, and sort of all that is creative as far as I'm concerned. Being on the water is creative, you well, know. I think that's the thing. I think it, you, you want, and I, I don't I think I might have said this on podcast um, in the past, but you, you want something like, even, even as you said, paddleboarding on flat water, that demands the majority of your attention. So yeah. while you're not necessarily going on and it's going to solve your problems and it's going to get rid of your problems, like you're, you're, you're always going to have problems in life. Like all, yeah. we can, all we can do throughout our life is try and make those problems smaller and try and get to a point where our problems are smaller than they were yesterday. I don't think you're never going to, even if you're like Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, looks like he has everything. <laughs> 
guarantee he's got more problems than the most of us. Oh, and for sure. I think I think trying to get rid of your problems and you know, yeah, like I think you're right. All this, oh, I'm going to go windsurfing and all my problems will go away. It's like no, they won't. They'll still be there yeah. when you get back on land. But for that hour and a half, two hours, you're windsurfing, paddleboarding, drumming, anything. All majority of your focus is in what you're doing. You know, I yeah, I, recently, exactly. I recently started um I started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu this year. I was like I've been thinking yeah. about it for a while, and I've got into that. Um, and that does exactly the same for me as well. It demands your entire attention for that hour that you're on the mats, and then you mm. come off and you you have that adrenaline and that that like hype from doing it for the rest of rest of your day. So you don't even whilst your problem is still sitting there, your attention isn't on it. And I think plus that, as well, you'll have some serious moves on the dance floor now. Oh mate, you've got no idea. Well, more like I gave <laughs> my girlfriend Heidi. I was like, Heidi, can I show you what I learned? And she was like, Okay. And I put her in an arm bar, and she wasn't very impressed with me. But it was <laughs> it was it was not pretty surprised. Fun. Yeah, um, I think funny. It's funny. I've actually considered doing some form of martial arts as, as oh, well because of what you're saying. I can't. I can't. Rec- I like. I went. So I, I went to. Um, I, I googled it and everything. I emailed the guys. A place in Chichester, and I, I went and I looked in the window, and everyone was like stretching and getting ready. And I was like, I can't do this. Can't do this. <laughs> and I didn't go in. I started walking back to the car and I was like, no, don't like, just fucking do it. Just get in the door. Yeah, yeah, I went in the yeah, door. Yeah. And I, the guy was like, hey, mate, are you, you new? And I was like, I've never done this before. And he, he gave me like the gi, the robe. And, you know, he's like, your first session's free. And I just went upstairs and, and everyone was just like so nice. And you all kind of bow to each other. And it, I yeah. think it sounds like it's a really intimidating thing, but it's the opposite. Everyone is so, everyone's more excited to have someone new doing it than like, ooh, who's this guy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. I think it's important as well that you that people find things like this, you know, not 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 just going on the water, but stuff like you're talking about now, you know, something that just holds the attention for a yeah. small amount of time but provides a release because, unfortunately, there are too many other things, bad things, mm. that – are probably easier access, and you, we all know what I'm talking about here. For sure, um, that that aren't going to be great for you. I mean, I'll be fair, I'll be honest, and I think you're probably the same as well. Doing seasons, there's this whole thing where you you know you work hard all day under the sun, you yeah. have a good time, but you are working hard, and then at the end of the day, be it I don't know five o'clock, six o'clock, whatever, or mm probably slightly different in Vasque because obviously the wind carrying on until late in the Try, try half past eight. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you know, it's it's come off and, and have a beer. And the problem is that can get a bit, you can do that too much. Yeah, yeah. And that's not good. I'm not saying don't have a beer or whatever because, yes, of course, it's a nice thing to do. We all like the good luck. But there definitely needs to be something else. Yeah, for sure. Isn't, yeah. You know. it's important it's important to do both you know like i i i've i'm very much an advocate of going and having a few beers with the boys it was one of the reasons why i started this podcast is because i think that needs to be done more you need to go and chat to your mates but the the time where i most enjoy having a beer is after i've windsurfed for as long as i possibly can yeah you know what i mean exactly. like that, that and that's the thing and that's the thing you you're you're doing the thing first yeah and then you're enjoying that after yeah, yeah. If it's the other way around, where you're not even doing the thing, that's 
potentially when there's a problem, I think. Oh, sure. And, and I mean, I, yeah, for, you know, I'm sure for you, like I went, I went to a lot of gigs and stuff when I was younger. I was really into like kind of rock music, that kind of thing. So, I mean, you know, I imagine for you playing the drums as well, and you've put up a few like videos and stuff and I've, like, you've been drumming along to songs where I've seen the bands live and stuff. So, and that, that type <laughs> of lifestyle very much comes with kind of drinking and all that stuff as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does definitely. I, yeah, I don't know yeah, like, yeah. whether you were in, in that, that scene and stuff earlier, but I mean, now that, now that you've got um, kind of Molly and what happened with her and stuff, like, do you find you, you turn to that a little bit ever? Like, do you ever sit and go, right, let's have a bottle of wine tonight and, and all that stuff? Oh, or yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, you know, but like, but not to excess, you know. It, 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 it's to enjoy rather than anything else, you know, because sometimes, because it's nice to relax, you know. I'm not, I'm not suggesting it's, it's the same for everyone. Um, but no, I mean, we do like, you know, having a, I, I, I like, <laughs> I like a beer, I like wine, I like all the types of alcohol as well. Yeah, of course. And maybe, you know, sit, particularly with the weather like this again, you know, you sit in the garden, have a couple of beers, me and feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as it's being used for enjoyment rather than escape, I think then it's, then it's good, if you know what I mean. I That's right. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I agree with that. I mean, again, it's very easy to fall into that because pre-winter seasons, my whole thing was also playing in bands. I mean, I've played in bands for years, you know, gigs, gone to gigs. Yeah, yeah. And, all that. and like you say, it's all it's always there. Um, and I'm sure we both have friends, acquaintances that have taken it way too far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and you do have to be careful, definitely. But yeah. at the same time, it is nice to enjoy, you know, for sure. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. No, 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 definitely not. And I mean, you know, we live in a we 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 live in a world which is all about wellness these days, isn't it? And I think to some degree, having having a having a drink is not frowned upon, but you know, it's well, it's definitely it's not, not as cool as it used to be, is it? You know, no, people, no. it's funny. People used to be like. There used to be a bit more of a thing of like, oh, come on, have a beer, have a beer. And now it's a bit more like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to have a, I'm not drinking at the moment. Um, <laughs> this, I think yeah. it's almost done a role reversal, hasn't it? And I guess that, that yeah. is, you know, that is good and things. Um, but I do think there is a bit of a fine line of get to the point where it's like, look, you know, I've been on the water all day or like, you know, I've, you, you've just been drumming for an hour or whatever. And you're like, right, well, I want to go and sit in the sun and have a beer. Or I want to sit down and have a yeah, beer. Exactly. I think that's exactly. very exactly. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, so, how's what? What's 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 family life? Well, pre pre, let's not talk about coronavirus because well, we can. But what do you? Has your like daily life um, routine changed a lot since since Molly then, um, or is it? Um, not really. I mean, she went back to school, um, so it was all about um, pickups and drop offs. You know, in and around work, managing work around that that's always been a thing the the only difference being is if you get a phone call to say could you come and pick your daughter up because she's not well but that that hasn't been that often right um you know and we've got a two-year-old like i say as well oscar so it's all it's always manic yeah and a bit hectic because we've got kids and that that's life yeah um But in terms of it being any different, in terms of what we do, no, we we don't. We've never we we've never 
frequented places that have got massive amounts of people there, and we still don't. <clears throat> you know, where we live is this windswept south coast beach yeah. that we go to, and we still do. So it's not it's not really that different. No holidays have have, have have been put on hiatus for the time being because right. she couldn't fly, and where we choose to go in the future will probably be dictated by Molly because she can't go to certain places because there perhaps isn't medical care, adequate medical care there if we need it, and or it's not a place that we could get back from quick enough if we need to. You know. But other than that, you know, we still go like I said, we still go to the beach. She was getting back in the water with me last year and her mom, you know, she was windsurfing again. She was surfing with me. I mean, don't get me wrong, not big winds and big waves. Oh, no, no, of course. Getting into it. And and so was Oscar. Um, Yeah, it's just the way, that's kind of just the way we live our lives. What's that like for your, you know, your your mental health? That must have have been a bit of a a nice moment to realise, actually, you know, once you got back from the hospital and you know, through those first few weeks of her being at home and I guess life starts to resume to normal, do you still find you have that kind of heightened sense? Is that that is that something that's just never going to go? Or do you find... Yeah, no, that... that, that yeah, it'll never, that'll never go. That, right. that will never go. Um, <clears throat> doesn't matter because she's she's our child yeah. and that's the situation she's in. <clears throat> yeah. So that will never change. Um, yeah, and, and when she's on the water with me or Fee or whatever, you know, there's definitely that vigilance on our part mm. um we wouldn't let somebody else look after her doing that kind of thing for instance yeah um so yeah things like that just won't just won't change and you, you just adapt you you, yeah. you adapt that does it have any bearing it does but that sort of the weight of that if you like comes and goes do you know right. what i mean it, it it's it's more with her about is she well in herself? If she's not, what do we need to do? Right. You know, to, to make her well in herself. And and then it's both me and Fee are very forward planning and organized and we have quite a lot of foresight. It's really tricky to do all that with Molly in the situation she is, but at the same time, also very necessary yeah. um, to make those plans to make sure she's kept safe. Mm-hmm. So as much as possible we do that. That all helps you know knowing where we are what we're doing yeah, on yeah. any given day as much as we possibly can you know and also being flexible enough to know that if those plans have to change we can change them and 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 that's just the way it is but that's the way we've always been as well anyway yeah. so i guess you know, if you've gone at it if you've gone at it with that or if you've always had that kind of practical mindset about it it is just going to make life a lot easier because now yeah. logistics are you know 10 times more important than they were previously yeah. um for so sure definitely, definitely i think definitely. and if you and it might you know it might sound bad but approaching it from that aspect and almost i can't think of a better word for it but like you know take taking a bit of a step back and kind of looking at it more practically and logically almost probably makes your mental space a little bit easier as well because you can compartmentalize parts of the day or how a trip yeah. go and, and all that stuff you know you're you're kind of pla- more of an event planner than, than something else you know yeah exactly exactly and actually that was something that seasons out with as well because you have to plan being an instructor and 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 that has definitely knocked on you know to sort of everyday life 
and he's actually I think a good skill to have anyway you know and and time management also you know time yeah. management is a thing definitely have to time manage stuff and, and how we work around everything really Molly work Oscar Fee me it all has to fit like a jigsaw you know and if it doesn't well then we just have to tweak it yeah and make it yeah. fit if that makes sense you know and exactly. yeah yeah I, I think that's a skill that a lot of people <clears throat> should have, mm. but not necessarily everybody does have. No, definitely. I mean, I've said it. I've said it a lot in 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 podcasts previous. I did one with one of my best mates, Ed, who um, who does seasons and stuff. And now now he works as the kind of wholesale events manager, whatever for Europe. And he mm. we talked about this a lot on the podcast I did with him. And he was like, doing seasons gave me every skill I needed to do my job. Now, anything good. Yeah. Didn't go to uni, didn't do anything. He just yeah. this job did it for him. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, di- I didn't go to uni. That's the thing. It's exactly right. I didn't go to uni. Every everything that I learned, pretty much, and the making of me was through doing seasons. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying that's for everyone, but I recommend to a lot of people that they should go away and at least do you know that university season if they can, mm. um, and not necessarily with water sports, just go and work abroad somewhere or, yeah, yeah. or or just travel, you know, just take that time to go and immerse yourself in some other cultures, surround yourself with some different people, different languages, you know, learn about others, understand we're all unique and, and, also, and, and, you know, your way is not the only way. There's much yeah, yeah. more going on out there. I think it's, it's an, it's a necessity really. And, and, you know, is, is one of the biggest ways to improve yourself Definitely. You know, um, like I say, see, working for Club Vass isn't necessarily what everybody should do, but no. I'd highly recommend that as well. <laughs> um, do you think, you know, with 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 what um, what's going on with Molly and stuff, do you think, will she get the chance to go and do seasons when she's older and things? Or, you know, if she wants to, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Um, but again, that's a long way off. So we just have yeah. to take it as it comes. Yeah, where it goes really. But, you know. There's more than one. There's more than one way to skin a cat, shall we say? Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, look, 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 look at look at people like Simon Bornoff, who's our technique editor, you know, contributor, editor, feature contributor, whatever you want to call him. You know, he, he's had a kidney transplant. Oh, really? And oh. yet, yeah, you know, and yet he still goes around the world, um, teaching, doing his win wise courses. Yeah, you wouldn't know, would you? Over. No, you would you wouldn't know. Yeah, he has to manage what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Like he said to me, you know, if he gets a reef cut, for instance, in Bonaire, yeah, that's quite a serious thing. Yeah, but for him, because he's immunosuppressed as well. So you know, and and there are other examples of people also in similar situations who do live to the fullest they can their life at the utmost quality they can achieve. So you know. There's endless possibilities. You know, you don't have a transplant to, you know, stem your life experiences. You have a transplant to improve your quality of life yeah. because without that, you wouldn't have had a life. So it, it, it it's all an enhancement. Well, it's relative, yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. It's all relative, exactly. you know. And if and if Molly, you know, Molly's had this now, at least she'll kind of grow up. And as she gets older and older, she's had it for this amount of time, so she's just going to get used to maintaining it and managing it her own way i guess yeah. and she'll probably yeah, exactly. carry on that, that kind of practical logical way of doing it from from you and fee which i think will will do her yeah definitely 
definitely. I have to say, though, I'm being called for lunchtime at the moment by my two children. <laughs> that's absolutely fine, Tez. We will, um, we're, that, that's, a, that's a nice, natural place to, um, to end it. Um, I will say thank you, mate. Thank you for being um, so candid about it. No worries. It. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing story, and I think it's a, it's a credit to you and, um, to you and Fee as, as parents, I think. Yeah, you guys are... Thank you very much. And, um, yeah, an absolute pleasure, mate, um, and we will, we will chat soon. Nice one, dude. All right. Take it easy. Cheers, mate.